Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this rainy Sunday evening by Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, the Islanders are winners of four in a row. <laughs> uh, we are an hour or so, eh, about an hour and a half after their latest win against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, kind of a 4-3. You know, not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, but they've won four in a row. And uh, they got wins against the Rangers. And uh, the poor Columbus Blue Jackets, who were... Four points ahead of the Islanders uh, a week ago today, and now they are four points behind the Islanders. So that just shows you how quickly things can change in the old NHL. Yeah, and um, it's been a feel-good week, I guess. And today was a feel-good win because of who was in goal. Right, <laughs> With, yeah. You know, Cor- Corey Schneider in goal, first game since there was a whole pandemic between the yeah. <laughs> last NHL starts. Um, and this team is so strange. Mm-hmm. It's such an outlier. We talk about it all the time and they're just, they're so different from like your typical professional team. Like these guys, you, you really do buy into what they say about, you know, playing for one another and they want to get Brock Nelson to 40 goals. They want to see Zidane Char's career out. Most likely. I mean, <laughs> he's been playing all right, like lately and mm. wondering what's, what's going to happen there. But, um, you know, they, they, they're doing this, they're they're playing they're not playing for the playoffs but they're playing for like these um kind of moments for each other and one of them was today with Corey schneider like these guys when you look up and down that islanders roster it's it's guys who've either played for with or against Corey schneider for a decade uh, and, and and know him uh just from being around the nhl and he's been a you know he's he, i'm gonna be interested to see what what his kind of like final uh, or what his like next phase is. Cause it, it does feel like the, Lou li- likes him, likes having him around and I could see him being another guy who they kick upstairs because mm. um, he, he's, he's seems to be the mentor down in Bridgeport for Jacob Scarrick and uh, you know, whoever else they'll, they'll bring in. And um, I was going to say, probably I would, I would say not a goalie coach for Bridgeport, but some kind of scout or right. you know, sort of team executive for Bridgeport, something like that. Yeah, it seems it seems like they're heading that direction. He, I'm pretty sure he's a New England guy, right? He was a right. BC yeah. BC guy, so um, th- th- there does seem to be um, some sort of plan with Corey Schneider. So it was just it was it made you feel kind of good. And I mean, the, if you two years ago, <laughs> I would not expect to be come, standing here telling you 
man, like getting Corey Schneider his first win in the NHL in two years <laughs> against the New Jersey Devils would be something right. that was coming out of my mouth. But yeah. you know, here it is, and um, you can see it. Like you can just see the way that the, they're playing. They're playing hard uh, for one another, and they're talking about it. And you know, I joked right after the game on uh, against the Rangers that if 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 one of them just uttered the words in a press conference, like, you know, we're just going to, we're not giving up until the fat lady sings. Like I would have melt, I would melt and just be like, I'm in like, we're, <laughs> we're going to see this thing out and, and make a run out of this because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm weirdly invested mm-hmm. in how the season's going to end. Yeah. And I didn't think I was going to be two weeks ago. I get the impression that they, maybe not, they haven't discussed it or, you know, talked about it. It'd be kind of a stupid thing to discuss, but, I feel like they kind of want to be, even if they're not going to make the playoffs and they're, the odds are still very long, we're all kind of breathlessly watching the Caps uh, wild game <laughs> as we speak right now. <laughs> um, but I feel like the Islanders, maybe to a man, again, maybe subconsciously, want to be the last team eliminated from the playoffs. Like, you know, they don't want it, but teams have already been eliminated. Uh, I think Buffalo was eliminated today. Montreal was a while back. Uh, Arizona was first, obviously. I, I feel like the Islanders don't want to be eliminated from the play. They don't want to see that line. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to see the tweets like, and they lost officially eliminates the Islanders from playoff. Like they don't want to see that. They want to just keep going and be a part of the conversation. Cause Trot said earlier, like a lot of times this season, it hasn't really felt like they've participated in the league. Like they've just kind of been around and, you know, we don't have to go over how many weird things have happened over the course of the season, but uh, it does kind of feel like that. Like, they're finally a part of the conversation. And like I said, I mean, they were four points behind the Blue Jackets uh, uh, going into that game on Tuesday. Another four points ahead of them. And, it, you know, they'll, if the cat, let's say the Caps lose, and I guess obviously I'm going to jinx that right now. So we'll see what happens. But like, let's say they did, they'd be 11 points behind the Caps right now. And it's like, again, in, in, in a span of a week, they could, you know, make up a lot of points if they just keep winning. And we'll talk about a couple of games at the end of the week This this that will make that pretty difficult. But, I mean, as long as they keep chugging and doing what they're doing, I mean, what is their record right now? They were like 14-1 and something or 11-1 and something in their last however many games. 14-3-1 in their last 18, I think, or some. I can't Oh no, excuse me. They were 10-3-1 going into this game in their last 14. So now they're 11-3-1 in their last 15. Which is... And they've been playing on a, at a 98-point point. They were playing at a 98-point <laughs> pace from the the holiday pause going into this game. So that's ticked up a little bit. Right. And yeah, like you said, like, the, the, you know, j- we're jinxing in and it doesn't matter because it's at this point, it's unjinxable. They're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. But, um, you know, there's a, there was, there's a chance that by the time the stars game ends, whenever that is, I think Tuesday night, yeah. um, they, they could be in single digits behind the capitals and trudging towards 90 points. And if they finish with like 94 points this season, it's and I, this is hyperbolic and i know it is but it's almost as impressive the most impressive thing that barry trotz has done <laughs> with the team like to get yeah. this team through all this entire slog that yeah. every you know if, if you think of it as like a, sh- a journey across the atlantic like with the pilgrims or whatever and you're just like how on earth did anybody ever survive any of that? It's like the Islanders, like they just were dealing with storms and right. dysentery and all this horrible stuff. And they still found a way to like get to the end yeah. with most of their crew intact. Like I don't, I don't, I don't understand how these guys are still so invested in playing and playing well. And cause yeah. like they've been to the conference finals in two of the two years in a row going into this year, mm. every other team, I think in the league, would have probably shut down shop sometime around, you know, Martin Luther King weekend. <laughs> and everyone been like, yeah, whatever, give them a pass. It's just not their year. And it isn't their year. And they would have had a, every excuse in the world, but some, for some reason, this team, like they're, they're, they're galvanized by it. I don't, it's, 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 it's reassuring. I don't know. <laughs> it's like you know, more hope in humanity. From it is. I don't know what, what it is. No, definitely. And, and you said it before, like the seeing these guys, you know, Corey Schneider. Okay. So, Corey Schneider obviously had a long has had a long career in the NHL. He's been with the Islanders now for two seasons, and like this is the first game action he's played in that entire time. These guys haven't known outside of Palmieri and Green, obviously, uh, haven't really known Schneider personally. Uh, these guys maybe maybe they know him. Maybe some of the more Boston area guys know. I don't know. Maybe they've known seen him in, in passing. Hey man, what's up? 
But over these two years in which this dude has played exactly zero NHL games and has just sort of been around, he was on a taxi squad last year. He's been up and down Bridgeport, whatever. Like he's become part of the team. And it's crazy. And like we talked about Ilya Sorokin, when he came over, they were in the bubble. He didn't even play. And he was part, like they were making him feel part of the team. He was learning his English. He's playing in the ping pong tournament. Like, you know, Pajot comes over a, a couple of weeks later, they're paused. He wins the ping pong tournament. Like these guys, the, it really is a very close knit team and they really seem to care about each other. And then again, it sounds cheesy, but like even Chara, like how many guys at the end of a, you know, a career like his at 21 years would sign with a team and just sort of cash a paycheck and just be like, yeah, I signed. And now, you know, if he really wanted to just f- sign somewhere and win the cup and that was all that mattered to him, he would have told Lou Lamorello, trade me someplace that's going <laughs> to, where I'm going to win a cup. He didn't do that. He wanted to stay with these guys. Like they've become all part of, you know, th- he's become part of the team, part of the family. And it's pretty impressive. And, you know, like I said, Trot said if he had scored that goal in that game, he would have, he would have sent everybody over the boards to give him a hug because that's how much he means to them. Um, and it, it is, it is, it is cool. Like I know. And like my head says that all they're doing is, prolonging the inevitable and basically tanking their own draft pick. But it's cool to see it beats the hell out of losing. That's for sure. <laughs> like watching them win, you know, is a lot more fun than watching them lose. Even if it, you know, really in the end of the day would, would help. I don't <laughs> want to see that. You don't want to see that. Nobody wants it. These yeah. guys don't want to see that. So keep winning, see what happens. You know, you never like, know. It's another outlier thing, right? Like it's, it's right. The, the, this is not, this is no. not a, ta- a tankable team. No, no, they're, they're, and it, it, you know, it's been a theme on this podcast since the Trots era started. That uh, for some reason, that this team has been painted as like an affront to hockey, <laughs> and, and they're and for some. And it's weird because it should be the opposite. They 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 were a true underdog story, mm. uh, especially at the beginning of it when when Tavares left and everybody you know, that 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 Deadspin article came out and all that stuff. And for some reason, everybody decided that. that their underdog story didn't cut cut it and mm. they, they were painted as a kind of a black hat in the league and so much of sports now uh in in all across all all leagues is about tanking and mm. you know if, if, if you're competing or not this year and then it's like the haves and have nots and here are the islanders there's there's always that uh talk amongst the uh you know the the people who who want the draft lottery to be changed uh and the Islanders are, are kind of like doing what these people want, mm. uh, which is playing out the string hard, competitive games, and getting points, even though there's very little at stake. Like the, the Islanders haven't had a game with like real jeopardy to it in f- about four months, you would mm. say, maybe. <laughs> like I, I remember the, the Vegas game at, at UBS Arena uh, when Leonard came back, felt like it had some stakes to it. and um, But it's been a while, is the point. And um, they're still they're not tanking. This team is not setting itself up to lose, and nobody nobody is outside of uh, you know us and the other Islander kind of echo chamber is, is noticing it mm. once again. Yeah. Um. Well, actually, so I'm glad you brought up brought that up. The sort of the public perception of the Islanders are always talking about. We might as well start there with with today's game uh, against the Devils. It was on TNT. And uh, I thought it was very curious that TNT would go with a uh, a Devils broadcast crew, home broadcast crew, for a national game. I also thought it was weird that the Devils home broadcast crew would have the Islanders home broadcaster, <laughs> Darren Pang, and Jennifer Botterill, who also used to work for the Islanders. Um, I, am I, like, I, look, I'm maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Maybe I have some, some kind of, like, mental illness or something that only makes me focus on this kind of stuff. Am I crazy, or were they literally... Just watching the Devils for this entire like they literally spent first half of the game talking about Jack Hughes, and the Devils were down three nothing at the time, <laughs> and then he got hurt uh, on a, a really a clean check by Oliver Wallstrom that somehow lit a fuse in PK Subban. He got you know five and ten and thrown out of the game, and they then they just went right back to talking about the Devils again, <laughs> and I'm like, there's one team winning this game right now, and it's not the guy the one you guys are constantly talking about, and outside of like Chara. The ping pong tournament because Pajot had a hat trick, so they had to talk about him. <laughs> um, and the shot from Kyle Palmieri, like they spent most of their time talking about the Devils. And like, I get it, the Devils don't get a lot of exposure. I, but to me, I just it seemed really kind of over the top. It was weird, and you know, it was a pretty even game, honestly. Despite the score at that time, it, w- it was pretty even at the end of the day. The, the all the stats ended up evening out, but 
I mean, in the first half, it was pretty much all Islanders. And and they just I don't, didn't seem like they really wanted to talk about it all that much. So, But I guess at the end, it doesn't really matter. But I just I just kind of find it funny. That- yeah, I think um, <laughs> we're witnessing kind of a funny phenomenon in the NHL where the passing of the torch of everyone's favorite player for no reason is going from Marc-Andre Fleury to, yeah. to Jack Hughes. And, and I get well, Hughes. Well, Kessel to yeah. Fleury – to Hughes, <laughs> and 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 I think Jack Hughes is good. I I bet yeah. him before the season to to win the the Hart Trophy, uh, at at really long odds. And I probably would if he's back at those odds again, I'll do it again because he collects points and he's a good player. But um, it it's same with Flurry. It's it's it, if you ask if if a member of the media asks Mark Andre Flurry how his kids are doing, and he says, <laughs> "Oh, you know, like I'm not getting any sleep." <laughs> every it's it's treated as if it's you know laurel and hardy bit or i don't even know if they're comedians but if you know it's like one of the funniest right. things of all time mike russo is is, is um is famous uh, mm. on the minnesota wild beat for asking getting a mundane answer at a press conference from a another human being who he treats as <laughs> like a zoo animal basically like like oh my god like that's right. the funniest thing i've ever seen and this guy has a very funny mustache like, mm. he's a beauty like um now it's jack hughes and jack hughes did a uh a pregame interview yeah. with uh, uh, the TNT crew and right. a new, a new thing. I haven't noticed if you notice this with the, um, the switch from uh, NBC sports to TNT and maybe it's because NBC sports was around for a while. So players had some familiarity with them, but with TNT, they all introduce themselves before the question. Yeah. So, and, and, and a lot of times they'll do their nickname. So like mm. Ant Sakar would be like, Hey, it's ace. Yeah. Hey, Jonesy here. Hey Jack, it's Jonesy. Jack Jack Hughes was not born when 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 Keith Jones blocked that shot into the empty net. Uh, My favorite thing is that they asked Hughes about playing against the Dano Chara. It's like, (laughs) um, I mean, you could ask a lot of guys about playing against Chara. Maybe somebody who's played against him more than half a dozen times or something like that. Like I don't, and you and you could see Hughes like you know he didn't want to say I have no idea, right? But he was like, uh, yeah, you know, he's a legend, Hall of Famer. Just looking at him now, he's got a big stick. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> thanks, Jack. And, and, and thanks and, for good sight. And the end of the interview, uh, they they, they kind of like waited for a response from him, and he just didn't say anything. <laughs> and I'm I'm totally on his side of the whole thing. Like, yeah, they, these they, you're in the middle of warmups. Like, it's it's right. you're getting you're about to play a game. Whatever these guys have their routine, and it's not it's not time for for five minutes uh on the stage at, at the apollo it's they're trying to to get ready to play but for some reason these guys are all waiting for that one viral bit right that isn't even worthy of it um and jack hughes for like there's all this pressure being put on on him to be the like i don't know if i want to say like goofball of the league or, mm. or like the goofball star but he clearly isn't in he clearly doesn't want to be it like he he's he likes hockey he's got two brothers who are good and one's going to be in the, on this team like so i think maybe it's them just all laying the groundwork for that mm. but uh it's it, it's a quite a strange phenomenon <laughs> because the devils yeah. have received they've received a lot of hype in the preseason market too everyone yeah. thought that they might be the team that upsets the apple card in the metro or uh they they, they should take the next step and they haven't and I'm, I'm sure a lot of it has come down to goaltending but their defense like they don't they don't have a checking line right now they don't mm. they're, they're missing a lot more than just the goaltending so uh the fact that they're everyone's kind of like geeking them up for what's going to be a uh a preseason love fest where everyone picks them as the dark horse i guess maybe that's why they're doing it but it, it, it is really strange because to to me they're a very uninteresting team mm. um they're because they're in they're kind of in that weird stage of of the rebuild where like Detroit is kind of in the same spot where they're they're just a bad team that because they're not not deep enough and and they have some some fatal flaws that they need to fix and if until they fix those fatal flaws they won't be good um and they're not like easy fixes so it's it's they're in this like kind of weird purgatory but they're being treated as if they're they're like 16 2 and 2 over the last 20 and <laughs> yeah. going to really go into the offseason with a ton of gusto yeah it's not really what's going on. No, I, well, I think they, the Devils got a lot of it because they signed Dougie Hamilton, who is obviously a favorite of of hockey Twitter. And and it's not, again, not, it's not like these guys aren't good. Like, Hamilton's good, uh, Hughes is good, but yeah, I agree with you. And her, he sure is good. I mean, he scored 
with about a minute to go and, and made us kind of sweat it out a little bit at the end of the game there. Um, but they had the mic on him. And, you know, when, when the Devils scored to make it 3-1, he was like, okay, that's what we need. It's like, wow, thanks. Yeah, I just – I feel like with a lot of these, the, the there's this kind of – I guess – I'm sure these guys are like funny guys off the ice. Like I'm sure that like Marc-Andre Fleury is probably just – a hilarious guy to be friends with, to be teammates with, to have in the locker room. He probably makes it, he breaks up the writers when they're hanging out, waiting for the bus, or, you know, when they go to the plane, it's like a whole thing. And I guarantee he's probably just a lovely, lovely guy. But when, like you said, when you put a microphone in front of him, that's the last place he wants to be. <laughs> you know, maybe Jack Hughes is, is, is just a hilarious dude to hang out with, but you put a microphone on him before the game and he never knows what to say. Like, I, I mean, and probably I wouldn't either. Like, I don't even know. And I just, I feel like, Hockey's still looking for that. Meanwhile, the big story of the weekend, of course, is Trevor Zegras scoring another awesome goal and his his teammate Troy Terry getting his face rearranged by uh, Jay Beagle on the Coyotes because uh, they didn't like that. And it's a whole thing. I don't, I don't even want to yeah, get, it's, we'll, it's we'll exactly. get into this later. But, but um, the, the, the Hughes thing too, just real, one other quick point is when when they the Devils drafted his brother, Right. I don't remember his brother's name, but when they drafted him. Yeah, he was all excited. And all yeah, that. he was excited. People thought this was the coolest thing ever. Like, yeah. I mean – if I was in the NHL and you drafted my brother onto the same team as me, I would do the same thing. This isn't this isn't out of the norm. This is human. These are human beings right. acting exactly like human beings. And and the fact that people get so excited when these human beings act like human beings that it becomes a story just yeah. goes to show you like how low the bar is in this league <laughs> and the, where the media holds that bar yeah, for for like interesting stories. Yeah, they're trying to grasp at really any straw to make these guys look interesting and 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 get them, you know, five more minutes outside of hockey fame. Uh, but uh, but it was a good game uh, against the Devils. Again, Schneider made twenty seven saves, his first win since March of twenty twenty. Few of them were really really good. He he looked great, and uh, you know, again, the, the three goals that got past him. I mean, it's hardly they really hardly his fault. Uh, I thought the Islanders D played pretty well. Again, they were the Islanders were pretty dominant throughout that first period. Then the, the devil started coming back around uh, and Pajot with the natural hat trick. And as they've seen, actually, here's another example. Like, so Pajot scores his third goal. Somebody flings a hat and he just like <laughs> puts a stick in the air and the hat lands on the stick. I've already seen this clip like 10 times and it's funny. Don't get me wrong. I like seeing it. I'm an Islanders fan. I'm, I'm glad to see it. But I mean, Pajot <laughs> even seemed like he didn't even know what happened. It's kind of embarrassed by it. So there's, there's, gonna there's be a two thing things now. about the video I, I, I actually really like, though. <laughs> One is the bench reaction. Because mm. when they flip it around to him catching it on the stick, like every, they're already celebrating and they, they re-celebrate. Like Casey Sezikis <laughs> has a big smile on his face. They're all going, hey. But then if you keep watching the video, there's another fan who walks up to the glass, to the Islanders bench, and just like kind of throws his hat. He reaches <laughs> over the glass onto the bench and throws his hat onto the, the Islanders bench, That's which I, I think is a better kind of tradition i like i like that style of, of throwing a hat right directly onto the bench if you're right there for it and just like <laughs> hitting the players instead of just right. littering the ice but right. um yeah but yeah we're gonna we're gonna be seeing and hearing about that uh for for a little bit i guess so um and hey you know what not for nothing but uh that game was in newark so good on all the islanders fans yeah. who were there and enough of them were to throw hats on the ice and uh and if you're the one whose uh hat got picked up by jg pajo congratulations because you're going to be seeing that clip for a long time um, and so that was a good one. Uh, the Devils had played the night before. The Islanders were off, which is always good. Uh, but Friday, the Islanders played. And uh, they beat the Rangers 3-0. And I have my notes thing here. And it just says the score. It's always the score line. It's always the first. And I wrote 3-0 NYI LOL. Because that's exactly <laughs> what that game boils down to. It's one big, one big 60-minute LOL. Uh, I thought the Islanders played pretty well. But... The Rangers just uh, – Gerard Gallant said they played like horse shit. Artemi Panarin said through a translator they shit their pants. A lot of shitting going on. A lot of incontinence going on in MSG on Friday night. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Islanders walked out with a 3 nothing win. Varlamov made 27 saves again for his fourth straight shutout at Madison Square Garden. So this one and then going back three uh, last year as well. That's that's absurd. I mean, it's a little like ridiculous. Like it's not the kind of thing like a normal stat. Like you've said, this team is not normal. But that's just kind of great. Like, isn't that just awesome? <laughs> this yeah. guy's sh- shut this team out four straight times. And again, another darling team. Everybody loves them. Oh yeah, this is great. You know, they they loaded up. They've got all these great guys. Look at how long all their hair is. Well, then the Islanders <laughs> just walk in and they shut them out three nothing. And uh, and it was great. There was a lot of fun stuff. Matt Martin had a great goal. I'm sure Boomer Siasen was in the crowd. He loved that. And, uh, on a pass from Barzell. Barzell was just, 
he was a, a force of nature in that game. He had a goal from by himself. The Devils game too. Yeah, yeah, he was really good, and uh, uh, he had his two points in that in that Rangers game. Gave him three hundred for his career, so he's climbing up the charts. And uh, they they were great. I mean, again, they, the Rangers pressed at the end, but they held strong. And most importantly, the Islanders held the Rangers power play, which is really kind of their engine for this season, to uh, zero for three. So uh, mm-hmm. you know that was a really really good performance. And uh, again, coming off a of back to back, they had played Thursday, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, that that's one of probably the best performances of the year coming off to their two, one win against the Rangers the week before, which is another one of their best performances of the year. And uh, the first goal in, the, in this game against with Casey Sezikis, he just kind of redirected a, a Ryan Pollock shot into basically past uh, uh, Igor Shesterkin. You saw the goal, right? Like, mm-hmm. is that one of the funniest goals? Maybe the most hilarious goal the Islanders have scored all year. Like, Sezika just put his stick down on the ice and Pollock just hit it and just basically yeah. slid right into the goal. It was, it was pretty hilarious. I, I it, thought it was hilarious. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was the type of goal we, we, we were like, I, I was putting, you know, potions in a, in a cauldron for mm. in the beginning of the season, because it, it seemed like right. every, every Islanders goal felt like a minor miracle and they just didn't, didn't get a, a goal off a kneecap or a, 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 a rear end or anything. And they're starting to finally get those, uh, mm. Which is which, which has been nice, and yeah, I mean, the, the, that Rangers game was great for a number of reasons, the obvious ones, and then the fact that the Rangers were were playing well. I I, I was having a little bit of a like a an episode. Uh, the, <laughs> they had the, a lot of shots. Let's put it yeah. that way. But like the, the, the going into that game, like you know, Arthur Staple wrote this thing about how the the Rangers are are a more complete team. They're not just winning because of Shesterkin anymore, and they they seem to be a force to be reckoned with in the in the east and uh they're the penguins are trending in the opposite direction so i was you know it was a nightmare uh, <laughs> a couple of days and just it, it's going to it's going to be hell when the playoffs start uh, still <laughs> but just just to beat them and, and be able to take a deep breath and forget those dark dark thoughts uh, was 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 great it was all because the islanders and and it shouldn't be lost on us that Around this time last year, the Islanders similarly were playing the Rangers in springtime, uh, and Varlamov pitched a shutout, and then they beat him again a couple days later, or before, and uh, all of a sudden things were a little, a little hairy around Madison Square Garden. So hopefully, it's a similar effect, and the and the Islanders just can do this to the Rangers every year. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and it. it, it this this game this game had been coming I think like mm. a, like this complete kind of game against a good team uh, had been coming and you, to, to do it on on a schedule loss with with the goal same goalie playing in both nights was right it was really impressive like this there's it's if the, if only the NHL season was 124 games long and not just 82 you know it was <laughs> well, like a crazy it was, if it was a true marathon and not the sprint to 82 games uh, because this team is is getting hot at the exact wrong time. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, there's there's nothing ever bad about the the Ranger game, and, and I would say that before that game, I don't know if I was ever less enthused. <laughs> oh, and and I mean that, and I didn't have any emotions for going into a Ranger game, which is not normal. Usually, I'm I'm bricking it. Right. It's, it's like I'm excited, I'm bricking it, or like even when the Islanders were were bad and they play the Rangers, it's you you still got geeked up from because you're like, hey, like maybe we'll see the Islanders, you know, beat the Rangers and and send a message, you know, with, with Matt Martin or Trevor Gillies, seeing on Kanapka, those kind of guys. And uh, you, you can get yourself excited to spoil them a little bit um, because of the, the way the season was supposed to go for us. It didn't feel that way at all. And, but after the game, I was, I felt great. Yeah. Um, Butch like to say uh, on that game that it, it's always important for the Islanders to beat the Rangers. And I agree with him. It's not always important for the Rangers to beat the Islanders, but that's, I would think what the Rangers players and even coaches perspective is, I think to James Dolan, the Rangers beating the Islanders is one of the most paramount sort of focuses of his life. <laughs> and he gets very angry, I think, when they don't beat the Islanders. And so, uh, yeah, that that's what happened last year. And now this is two down. So I don't know, one more and we'll see what happens. But uh, but yeah, it was a good game. I mean, the, again, the Islanders did hang on for a little bit. Again, they were, they were on a back-to-back. The Rangers did have a lot of shots. Uh, some of them were of the... 
the uh, dangerous variety, but the Islanders had a few dangerous chances of their own, and and they held on strong. and And Varlamov was great; like he really, really was. He, he was one of uh, probably. I mean, only had, I say only twenty seven saves because he had more in the two day games before that we'll talk about in a second. But uh, but he was really, really good in that game. Uh, and uh, yeah, they they walked out with a pretty tidy win. Um, and then you know the two games prior will lump together. They were both wins against the Blue Jackets. Uh, 4-3 in Columbus on Tuesday and then 5-2 at UBS on Thursday. Um, you know, the Blue Jackets, again, not not a world-beating team. Uh, you know, better than the Devils, I would say. They they have an identity to them. They've always had a, that bit of a, like a hardworking identity to them. But uh, not great uh, season for them. Kind of a mishmash lineup a little bit. And uh, I thought the Islanders played really, really well. Uh, in the first game in particular, Brock Nelson scored his 32nd goal. And his 200th uh, for his career, uh, power play was working there too. And uh, but then, like the Blue Jackets started to kind of turn it on uh, midway through the game. Uh, uh, Vladislav Gavrikov had two goals, and even the broadcast crew was kind of surprised to see that uh, the Islanders started getting a little bit sloppy. But uh, but they but everybody was you know had pulled on their the right rope. Uh, Beauvillier got a goal. Parisi had another goal on a nice play from Noah Dobson. So, uh, and, and uh, Varlamov made 42 saves. So he was really, really good in that game too. And then five, two, you, you know, uh, UBS, you know, you think the blue jackets would, would kind of want to avenge their loss. And at first it was all Islanders. Uh, Sebastian Ajo made this cool, like sort of shake and bake move. Scored a goal. Wallstrom had a two-on-one. Parisi, 11 seconds later, scored a beautiful goal. Um, And then the second period was all Columbus. Uh, They tied it. Uh, Emil Benstrom, Justin Danforth scored in a minute and a half. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens was really, really good. Um, But then in the third period, Kyle Palmieri scored. Barzell scored on a breakaway, which was really, really nice. Ryan Pollock sealed it with an empty netter. And that was about it. So it was sort of a tale of two periods and Varlamov made 30 saves in that too. Uh, both he and Elvis were both really, really good. So, I mean, you know, these weren't like sort of gimme wins. Like they weren't just sort of like they strolled up to them and, and just took wins. I mean, they had to work for these wins <laughs> and they weren't perfect. Even the game against the devils was, was far from perfect, but like we've said right off the top to be picking up points at this stage in this season with a month left and the, the chance of making the playoffs is slim to none. Really? I mean that that's pretty cool, like to see them doing this. And I know there's people out there getting pissed off that they're not, you know, getting better lottery odds. But dude, this <laughs> that was never going to be this team. No. And I'll take wins any day. And I mean, whatever pick they end up with, 14, 15, 13, whatever it is, you just hope that that guy <laughs> turns out to be pretty good. And uh, and you just say, hey, they they kept on playing, so you know, can't can't really fault them for wanting to win games, even no matter at what point of the season it is. Yeah, and it's the type of thing that it's. It's a cliche, and it'll be a cliche if we hear it at the end of next year, where they say that, "Oh, what we went through last year is why we're here holding the Stanley Cup." You know, like brought <laughs> us together. But, but I can guarantee you, if the Islanders have a successful season next year, yeah. every player who's still around is going to be pointing to what they went through and mm. what it, how it brought them together, and taught them, and all those lessons and stuff that, uh, you know, we we mock when when people write about it for <laughs> other teams, but when it's about the Islanders, it's 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 totally true uh but that, there's like we were searching for silver linings all season even even like a couple of weeks ago when they were just inconsistent and you're just like oh god can just you know maybe if palmary can show me something so i can like believe in him for next year and you can check that box and parisi's just been him his say uh himself the whole time bovillier has been playing better obviously nelson has been fantastic lee has been fantastic uh, Sorokin has been fantastic. Mm. Varlamov has been fantastic. It's Pelik and Polak the past few games, I think, have been really good together. So there's Dobson continuing his trajectory. So there's just, there there are these things to, to really make you excited for next year. It just sucks that uh, <laughs> that's I thought, not uh, six months. I thought Wallstrom was really good against the Devils today, yeah. too. He was really, really good. I thought he was very active. Yeah, he hit Jack Hughes, and, and PK didn't like it. But, I mean, it's, that was not a dirty hit or anything like that. But uh, but I thought he played really well. He had a lot of jump. He had a cool steal at one point. So maybe that's even coming around, too. You never yeah, know. and that would be great. Like it, it, Him and, and – uh, I thought – yeah, I think he's, he, he was pretty good. I thought he was pretty good against the Rangers. I like I liked that line. Hmm. Um, the way they played it. And I, I just kind of chalked a lot of it up to Barzell who, yeah. who's just been, um, he's been flying 
mm. uh, the past few games. It's it's really great to have a player who <laughs> plays really well at Madison Square Garden every yeah. night. <laughs> I, I, I remember Ranger fans talking to me about like you know we'd love to have this Tavares guy. He always kills us. And the problem was that Tavares Tavares is the way he wins or. His skill set is is much different from Barzell's. It's about getting in front of the net or getting into good areas and just being able to finish plays off. Whereas Barzell is the guy who starts those plays for the others to finish mm-hmm. off. So it's like so much more noticeable and dominant when he's going. And um, yeah, this guy, you know, God willing, he's around forever with us. And and <laughs> it's going to be one of those graphics that we've seen. We've been on the wrong end of so many of these graphics in our lifetime. Right. <laughs> Sidney Crosby, most points against the Islanders, Ovechkin, most goals, you know, that kind of stuff, all the way down to Yuri Tolutsi. Um <laughs> If we can get, you know, Matt Barzell to, to be the guy who has like, you know, 230 points against the Rangers in his career, that would be wonderful. Yeah, that the most the most the most random was definitely Yuri Tolusi. Again, Brad Malone is always my guy. Brad Malone, for whatever reason, just killed the Islanders. He would be with Tampa, with Pittsburgh when they weren't very good. And for some reason, he would always carve them up. But uh, but yeah, no, yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to look forward. Yeah, uh, Wallstrom was good in that Rangers game. His his pass actually led Barzell uh, on that cool uh, shot in the the third when he kind of broke in on Chesterkin like that. So yeah, maybe that's coming together too. Uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention that on the uh, second game against the Blue Jackets at UBS Arena, the five two win uh, game was on ESPN. We're very thankful that we got Bob Wischusen and uh, Brian Boucher as the as the crew. I mean, of all of all the crews you can get, at least you got a guy who, you know, does play by play for a living uh, and is from the area and knows the Islanders fairly well, even if he works for the Rangers. So I thought I thought the game was fairly enjoyable. But the best part of the game, besides the Islanders win, was that Stan Fischler was in the house celebrating his 90th birthday, uh, and he got some good uh, FaceTime on camera. Uh, he's still sharp as a whip. And uh, or sharp as attack, uh, or as mine is like a whip. One of those two, uh, either one really applies. And uh, when they asked him what he thought about who's going to win the Stanley Cup, uh, somebody asked him about Colorado, and he says, "I think Colorado is going to get upset in the first round." And <laughs> you can see Wisconsin <laughs> and Boucher were both like, uh, "Okay." And it's like, "Yep, that's Stan. Like that's just what he does." And so, uh, happy birthday, Stan! We're a couple of days late. I emailed him. He wrote me back. Said, "Hey, thanks, pal." So. Uh, you know, but it was cool to see him there, and it was nice. Everybody had like a little party for him and stuff. So you could see Shannon Hogan was so happy to see him too. So it's again it, that that whole family atmosphere really extends to just everybody kind of in the organization. Yeah, he's he's a marvel, isn't he? He's just the best. Um, <laughs> you and I, yeah, obviously have have all the time in the world for him. And um, yeah, I I just one of my things favorite things about him is that when he does like he'll tweet something, and it's just you know he's stand being stand, and then someone in the 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 comments uh, or someone will reply and be like, well, wow. Like, I can't believe you would think that Colorado would get uh, uh, upset in the first round. They have like a 62% spec the goal share <laughs> over the last month and Kemper's playing on his mind. Right. Like, yeah. It's just, you talk know. about barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> Seriously, like, dude. First of all, he's not reading these replies. No, Second of no, all, he definitely best. ain't reading that reply. So I mean, I'm excited. He's his, um, the Islanders are coming out with like a 50th anniversary uh, coffee table book that he is writing oh. for next year, I believe. Yeah. Oh damn! Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, I have the uh, the Pride and Passion book that he uh, wrote yeah. uh, for their 25th anniversary. So, uh, oh, that, oh, there you go. Oh, I'm excited. That'd be cool. We'll check that out. Um, Brian Trottier also has a book coming out too, which really? uh, I've already told my wife about, and she's like, "Well, Father's Day." I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." <laughs> so I'll have to add that to my list. Uh, okay, so we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back and uh, we'll talk about a whole potpourri of uh of uh topics including uh the next couple of games coming up and uh attendance at ubs arena and basically whatever else pops into our heads all right so join us then won't you why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zip line through the jungle You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our our Al Arbor t-shirt. That's always tough to say. And our portion of the sales go go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. You'd think I'd know this by now. Uh, Use the code Long Island, all one word, to save 10% off anything in the store for a limited time right now. And uh, just generally check out VintageIceHockey.com all the time because it's great. Uh, Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Play big pick for free anywhere in the U.S. or play for real residents in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, and Iowa only. Click the link in the podcast description to join. Must be 21 or over. Terms and conditions apply. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé, all under $15 a bottle. Available at local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Please play and drink responsibly. Okay, real quick. So uh, next couple of games, actually, the Islanders have, I want to say, not a light schedule in terms of opponents, but a light schedule in terms of like quantity because they've played so many games so in so few weeks that uh, this is almost like a, a welcome break. But they are in Dallas on Tuesday, as Mike mentioned before. That's an 8.30 start. Then they have back-to-back Friday and Saturday. They're playing the Hurricanes on Friday and the Blues in on Saturday, both on the road. That is going to be tricky. So let's say even if they somehow beat Dallas and make it five in a row, uh, six and seven are going to be tall <laughs> orders for sure. Uh, I'm actually going to miss both of those games because it's my daughter – uh, school play is going on. She's playing Rapunzel in Into the Woods. So I was missing both those games and I'll check them out uh, when they're over when I get back to the house. But uh, that's going to be a tough a tough road. Um, and then next week they got back-to-back against the Penguins and then uh, the Habs. Um, this is going to be tough. Like Dallas is really kind of a very Jekyll and Hyde team. You never know what, who's going to show up. Like they're good and then sometimes they're just not. And sometimes then they're good again. So we don't know what Stars team is going to show up on Tuesday, but the hurricanes and blues have been both very, very good for this basically entire season. And the hurricanes are, if they're not right now, they will be probably by then leading the entire Eastern conference. And, uh, and the blues look like they're back to their Stanley cup uh, ways. So I don't know, man, this is going to be tough. And I mean, I'm, it's great that they picked up these wins again. They worked hard for them. The Rangers are a good team too, and they beat them. So uh, I think they can keep it going, but you know, I think I need to tighten some stuff up. Don't let the team come back when you're down, <laughs> when you've yeah. got a three, one lead, try not to blow it uh, or almost blow it in the third period. But uh, you know, if, if they can pick up some points here, um, yeah, they can, they can make life very interesting for the next three weeks after that. But which is, Oh, which is all we want. Like, that's it. Like put, put some, put some stakes on the last two weeks of the season for us, even if it's one or two games. And right. Uh, because the capital schedule, I, I, I mean, I'm I'm sick in the head. So I was looking at it <laughs> two games ago. I was like, oh, you know, let's just see if if something truly absurd could happen. And it was, I mean, it's as 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 bad as the Islanders is. I mean, having them play in Carolina and then fly to St. Louis for a back to back is mm. just yeah, goes to show oh, yeah, you really. how, <laughs> like how messed up the schedule got. Um, were but, these um yeah were these these were I guess I'm, I'm, uh, I was just thinking like who have we been playing if we haven't played the Hurricanes in since October and <laughs> we haven't played the, the game against the Rangers and like on St. Patrick's Day was the first one who have we been playing this right. whole time um have we just played the Canucks like six times and <laughs> I don't I don't know um but the Capitals like they they they're playing the Wild right now. Then they have the Lightning, the Penguins, the Bruins, the Flyers, the Maple Leafs, the Canadians, the Avalanche, the Golden Knights, the Coyotes, the Maple Leafs, and two against us. So it's like, um, hmm. we we all we all know it's 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 absurd to think in and and whatever, but at least at least it's not we're not seeing them play you know Devils, Flyers, uh, Senators, Sabers, and, hmm. and you know like oh well even if they play bad they're still going to be able to pick up four points there. There's there is some there's a distinct possibility if they do you know fall out of form for a little bit especially with their goaltending being pretty inconsistent that maybe they lose three in a row and all of a sudden you know the islanders are six points back or something seven <laughs> points back and that's that's 
if you if they do that and 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 they set up like another situation like the one we talked about with in the Wade Dublowitz episode of Weird Islanders where the Islanders need to win four in their last four games, the Capitals need to lose three <laughs> of their last four because they play the Islanders. Like they can't get a point against the like. That, I would sign up for that. I would pay a lot of money to go to those games and stuff. Like that's all. That's what we since since the eleven game losing streak. That's really all we've been asking. Yeah. Um. And and we're tantalizingly close to being close. <laughs> to that like it's, it's so we're still it's still on the horizon but um yeah i mean it's if there's no there's no harm in them just continuing to play well and, and win and so if by the time we're talking next they've cut it to eight points hmm. boy uh yeah. ubs arena we sold out because we'll talk <laughs> about it we'll talk about it this in a yeah. little bit but the, the the fan base as well has just been really encouraging uh to be a part of in, in a down year for the first time ever yeah definitely yeah no uh, we we actually meant to talk about this last week and then we got caught up talking about a bunch of other stuff and forgot but uh but yeah no the the attendance has been really really good uh again for a team that you know really has had a really bad season and a really weird season people have been coming to ubs and it's great and and it's really nice to see because i mean you and I both remember and people listening to this will remember times when people did not want to come see the Islanders. In fact, they did anything they could to not see the Islanders, no matter how many tickets they gave away or who already had season tickets. that just didn't want to show up. Uh, but the place has been really jumping and uh, I haven't heard a lot of parking complaints either lately. So I wonder if that situation has been rectified. The, there's no garage yet, which will happen eventually, but or people are just starting to get used to it. But, you know, they've made this point a couple of times in the last couple of games that, you know the the Islanders moved into UBS Arena and it was a, it was a big to, it was a big deal it was you know finally the culmination of this whole thing, but to the players it's still a new arena like they don't know it that well they might as well be playing in Seattle because that's that's how well they know that arena too. It wasn't until like maybe two or three months of playing home games there that they started to f- get the feel of the place and it's starting to feel like that home arena. I, I, you know, they went whatever it was seven games without a win there, but they've racked up a bunch more. And I mean, you knew that that was sort of a temporary thing. It wasn't like they were going to go, you know, winless in their home arena forever or something. So I mean, they they won I think seven in a row at one point, and uh, and the crowds have been good and people are coming out and it, and it it gets loud. You know, I mean, I it seems like. People are having a good time there and and that's all you wanted. And that's what we wanted this whole time. Again, talk mm-hmm. about what, you know, having that, that exactly what you want. This is it. This is their arena. We're coming out. People are coming out finally to see this team play. And yeah, there's again, the likelihood of them making the playoffs is pretty slim, but people want to come out and, and, and have a good time and watch a good team play. And that's what they're getting. And uh, can't, can't argue too too bad with that. It's 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 fun. I, I mean, I hope it stays that way. Uh, but it's it's been nice to see. It's a it's a little thing that really only we're noticing, but it's nice to see nonetheless, even if other people aren't noticing. Yeah, and I think when you go back to those dark years of um, you know the the aughts and two thousand uh, you know eight after that Dublowitz year and for the next few years after that, um, one of the things that I always was wondering why the Islanders never did. And, and now I kind of understand why it's because they didn't have the <laughs> budget to do it. And they didn't think that the, they would, they would make any money because nobody would buy it was that the, every year, the Islanders team store would be like four different things, It'd be jerseys, <laughs> they'd have a hat right. and then maybe like a baby shirt or something. Right. Mm. Um, and then it was a big deal when they came out with a new hat. And me and my, I know my friend Dylan, like would be like, Oh, the Islanders got a new hat. Like they should be doing this more than one time a year, but they only did it like they did it right before the season, and that was their hat for the season. <laughs> like you can, there was like one option for a hat, um, and uh, this like I would say for the past few years it's been growing. Like they the options in the team store, and the, now it's like every week there's like a new drop with with some right. Buddy well, that and, I've never heard of is and in the, the store building. itself is just massive. Like mm-hmm. it's an enormous yeah. team store. It's crazy. And, and but like that's that kind of stuff. Like, had this have this fan base not grown, um, and I mean that both in numbers and in like its actual like power, um, that stuff wouldn't be around, or it'd be much less of it. But the the reason that this is happening is because when you have a good team, kids come to games, 
teenagers go to games. It becomes a destination, a good, cool thing to do on a Saturday night with like, I, I was a huge loser because I would go spend my Saturday nights watching the Islanders play and lose four, four nil. Uh, <laughs> you know, John Sim would have, would, would be on the first line and the Islanders <laughs> would get run out of their own building. And it would be me and 3,300 of my closest friends at Nassau Coliseum <laughs> announced attendance, 11,000. Uh, and then I'd walk to my car in the freezing cold whipping rain uh, or whipping wind and go home. And now you go, you go to a game and, or you went even last year, you, you went to these playoff games and they were just absolutely mesmerizing. And this, the atmosphere was incredible and the team was good. And they have a superstar named Barzell. And like, this is, this stuff is like, you'd, you'd hear like the six, seven years ago, they'd be like, the Islanders need to like start doing better with the grassroots stuff and whatever. And then they went to Barclay center that kind of put everything backwards a little bit, but or, or it's a couple steps back. But as soon as, uh, they started doing well that that year, that first year with Trots, and they they came back to the Coliseum. All of a sudden, uh, you could just see that people wanted to be there, um, and it's paying off. Like because they're having a bad year, a, mm. and a, comp- a incredibly underwhelming year according to their expectations, and people are still engaged. Like you you you're not going to the box office and somebody's there with eight tickets and being like, "Hey, I can't get rid of these. You guys can have them." to me and my buddies and we'll go sit and then we can then walk all the way down to the the third row if we wanted to yeah and watch a scott gordon coach team like this is very (laughs) very different era we're living in yeah and and you know it's funny because i was thinking about all that recently not not in not because of the the arena attendance thing but i mean you do bring up a good point like that is it is cool to see but like and this has bothered me for a long time and i don't know if i've ever really mentioned it on here but like the and I, i mean i'm older than you are and like i've seen even worse teams uh, happen. I was in college during those teams when, when you were a kid and, you know, again, it was, you know, my friend and I would go see them play against Hartford and there'd be, you know, 4,000 people in the stands. I remember seeing a game against Edmonton in January and there was probably 3000 people there. Cause, cause it was like, they stunk. We, the Islanders stunk and the weather was terrible and nobody wanted to go. And I think back to that now, because you're seeing guys, who were born on Long Island playing in the NHL and with just a couple of exceptions, Sonny Milano and Keith Kincaid, who I, I guess he's in Hartford these days. Most of these guys who are growing up on the Island end up rooting for the Rangers and they just signed another one this week, Bobby Trevino. I, well, I forget what he played at UMass or something like that. He's the next big college free agent guy, whatever, who knows what he's going to be. It doesn't really matter. The point is there's Adam Fox, there's Charlie McAvoy, like, there have been other guys too that are Long Islanders and they all grow up rooting for the Rangers. And that's kind of what happens when Long Island's team is terrible for two decades, you know, or two generations of people. They didn't, why would they root for the Islanders when they can root for a team that's got, you know, big name stars on, even when the Rangers weren't any better than the Islanders were. And especially like during the Pekka Yashin years, the Rangers weren't very good. doesn't matter. They're the ones spending the money. They're the ones who are on TV. They're the ones whose jerseys everybody's wearing. And the Islanders, they're the Islanders. Like they're, you know, <laughs> they had a bunch of guys that are okay. They made the playoffs, you know, getting around one, and that's it. And so now, like, you're seeing that hopefully you're seeing that sort of period go away. And now kids coming up on the island will be Islanders fans and they'll they'll want to rep the Islanders. And if they any of them make the NHL, which is again a small group. Um, they can come up and say, "Hey, we were Islanders fans." Again, I love when Sonny Milano or Keith Kincaid is mentioned about how they're like their parents are Islanders season ticket holders. I think Sonny Milano's dad was like, "Well, we always root for the Islanders, except when they play the Ducks." And it's like, okay, well, that's fair. I could I could buy that, but um, you know, it's it's cool to see, and and I hate that two generations went by without having that. Like, and guys yeah. just grew up, you know, not just these guys, but like people grew up on Long Island rooting for a different team. It's kind of it's kind of sad, and I don't know whether. I guess I shouldn't say that because I'm sure there are Leafs fans in Montreal or whatever, you know, and not rooting for the Habs and something like that. But it's just it's a very weird situation. And again, hopefully this hopefully this attendance being good at UBS Arena during a, a down, very weird season for this team is a sign that those days are kind of coming to an end. You know, yes, we'll want to be Islanders fans. And, and, there, and it, it's gotten to the it's gotten so, uh, you know, peak and valley that. Hmm. Joe Sackick, I think, was an Islander fan. I think Wayne Gretzky was an Islander fan. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's, 
they were they were Brian Trottier fans. Trot, yeah, <laughs> right. But like they were they were, they were fans of, of. I mean, and first of all, it's a very different kind of setup back then. But but you hear about like those kind of things. Yeah. And then you would, and then yeah, yeah then you hear Chris Higgins and Mike Commissarek being like, you yeah, know, we 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 didn't care about the Islanders. Yeah, exactly. you know, like it's, yeah. it's they were so terrible, and um, it's the the Islander generations are so there. There's like these uh, lines of demarcation, right? You're either like a a fan from the beginning, from '72, or then you became a fan during the dynasty, or then like the Pat Lafontaine fans, right. and then you had the uh, Ziggy Poffy kind of really small handful of group and. Then the people like me who was like, I, I became a, a truly, I was, I mean, I was going to games during like Poffy's era, but mm. like I became a fan because of the Sean Bates penalty shot. Mm. And like, there's a good group of people and it just shows you that that stuff matters over the long term because that group of fans, like the Sean Bates crew, um, it, it then became like really hard to justify sticking around. <laughs> and then all of a sudden Wade Dublowitz's like little thing gave us like a little blip of like, Oh, maybe like it will be worth it. And then it was dark <laughs> again. Someone turned off the lights and um, it was really hard to why on earth. And I get like John Tavares came and there were a couple like s- good seasons, but before they won that playoff series against the Panthers, but why on earth would anyone who was becoming getting into the point of, you know, where your fandom really becomes something that, that like is a big part of your life. Like you're not going to want to become a fan watching, you know, big Andy Sutton patrol the blue line. I mean, I love big Andy Sutton, but I was already hooked. He's not going to turn, you know, an eight year old kid into a huge fan because he just uh, took a four minute penalty for roughing uh, <laughs> against the thrashers or something. Right. Like it's, they were, there's, so that there was like a dark period of people who, who couldn't, who didn't have like that moment to really latch on to until uh, that Panther series, which once again, like it took place at Barclays center. So it was a little weird. And then once, once we got to um, Trotz's first series sweep, that sweep against the penguins, this, that's what, that's what this, I think that the, the whole organization and like the franchise is, is reaping right now is, is like that, the work that that group put in um, mm. that season, because it, this is, you know, it's been four years and these fans who, who fell in love with the team because of that, um, that, that season against all odds, making the playoffs and then sweeping the penguins, uh, at Nassau Coliseum, like they're, they've, they're hung, they're hanging around because they've been seeing them have a lot of success. And this is the blip year of, Mm. Hey, the Islanders are bad. This is weird. Yeah. (laughs) Right. No, it's the other way around. I'm used to it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, well, times are changing which is nice it's good time yeah. change is good um and uh maybe the islanders can uh, change their season up uh the change their season outlook uh with three weeks to go but i don't want to get ahead of ourselves because then we're going to be back next week talking about how it was right there it was so close and then we blew it <laughs> oh yeah no I, I was thinking i was walking elvis before this and um i promised myself in december that when it gets to the end of the season and the Islanders are like, you know, this, this far back of the playoffs, playoff spot, I'm, I wasn't going to think back to the games that really pissed me off the most that like they were there for the taking. And what did I do with that whole walk? I thought about that Sabres game. I thought about the cracking game. They didn't show up to, I thought about the flyers game a couple of weeks ago. I thought about the predators game where they lost yeah. in the last second. Um, I went down the list. So, um, broke that promise to myself. <laughs> ah, that's all right. That's all right. I, I bought, uh, I had my, our neighbor was selling uh, Krispy Kreme donuts. I promise I'll tie this back in a second. <laughs> the neighbor's kid was selling Krispy Kreme donuts to benefit, uh, I think, the, uh, the local softball team. And I couldn't pass it up. I needed these Krispy Kreme donuts. We don't have them here in Jersey. I mean, there's a couple in the city, and but that's about it. I mean, I haven't had a Krispy Kreme donut in forever. So I bought a dozen of them, and they brought them back. And my wife was like, what are we going to do with a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts? She doesn't eat donuts. You know, my daughter's only good for like, you know, one, maybe every couple of days. And I'm like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And so I ended up having three in one day. And my wife was like, what are you doing? I can't believe it. I'm like, I, I promise this is the one time I promise. And, but I had to, I, I'm like, I can't not eat them. I can't take two and a half weeks to eat these donuts or else they're going to be like, you know, fossilized by the time they're done. So you yeah. know, I, I basically had to, we, we all break these promises to her. We all make these kind of deals with ourselves and then we end up going back. And, well, uh, you, you promised yourself that you weren't going to waste them. Well, so yeah, you, that's so the thing, yeah. 
Yeah, you turn around and it's like, I, you know, I have to. And of course, I have to support my neighbors, local right. community. You know, as a lover of softball myself, I have to, uh, you know, support the local team. So anyway, so we, we all tell ourselves what we need to to get through. So I, I totally hear where you're at. And now I'm going to be thinking about that yeah, sorry. game, <laughs> that Nashville game. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, pal. It's, it's so funny how 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 proud you are of the team or like how happy you are with the way they're playing and acting right now. And then you think back to those games and how, just think about how mad you were. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, every, any loss will. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they walk into Dallas and just get embarrassed, I'm going to, yeah. we're going to be like, look, the playoffs were there for the taking and, right. and look what you did. Right. You ruined everything. Everything's, yeah. everything's done. Trade everybody. So, <laughs> but we shall see. Maybe we'll be surprised. You never know. We had a surprising week, so maybe maybe they'll yeah. keep it going. They know. They know what's up. What's at stake. So, and maybe we'll get Ilya Sorokin back. <laughs> uh, you know, he he's upper body. Apparently, wasn't too serious. So maybe we will see him this week. Uh, he would definitely be helpful in in one of these games. So we'll see. Uh, but uh, until then, we'll be back uh, next week. Um, looking to get another Weird Islanders in this week. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lee Basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. He has a hundred podcasts going on this week, so check out the Wonder Goal. Check out Line Change. They're both coming up real soon, and then uh, there'll be a special one too this week. Uh, is that going to yeah. come out this week? I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, no, it'll be, I think it's, it's supposed to be on Wednesday. So okay. If, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'll. Uh, it, I mean, it'll be on the front page of, of the time. So it, yeah, <laughs> it'll be a big one, and you'll and everybody will want to tune in. But just keep an eye out for that. You'll 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 watch follow Mike on Twitter. If you follow me, Culture of Losing, we'll we'll be retweeting it, so you'll see it soon. But hopefully, uh, I will get that soon, and uh, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, but uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every day for your most up to date Islanders news and discussion. And we'll be back, and you know, enjoy the games. You know, they're they're meaningful. It's last month of season, and. Uh, Team is having fun, so you should have fun too. And uh, that's it. And we'll talk to you again uh, in a little bit. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye bye.